Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our critic to the test. Hello, I'm Kiva C. Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have a wonderful show for you for today. We're going to be talking about the cat in the hat knows a lot about space, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Crystal Empire, Before I Fall, and we're going to be also the Miami Film Festival. Right now, I'm here with 11-year-old Nathaniel from Boulder, Colorado, and 17-year-old Maria from Miami, Florida. We're going to be talking about the... New adaptation of Disney's uh, live-action stream of films called Beauty and the Beast. And we're going to jump right into it. So, Nathaniel, this Disney has now created a new line of taking classic, sto- taking classic stories they've done and making it into a live-action remake. So, uh, first of all, let's, I want your thoughts. What do you think about Disney doing that? Do you feel like it's damaging classic stories that they've already tackled? Do you think it's just them running out of ideas? What do you Um, think? uh, I think that it is most definitely not um, uh, crashing. It is awesome because it's fun to see these uh, these animated Disney classics go into live action. So that's really cool. And I don't think it's because they've ran out of ideas because um, uh, there are a bunch of movie ideas out there. I just think that they've decided to remake these really old, good ones. So that's awesome. Hey, Maria, what do you think about it? I have to agree with Nathaniel. I feel like um, this is not a bad idea. I feel like if they do it the right way and they stick to the story, to the original story, then it'll be just fine. And I feel like Beauty and the Beast did just that. It was exactly just like the original story, and it was a success. Now, I'm glad you say that because I believe that I feel like Disney doing this, um, taking the animated classic and turning them into live-action remakes, is good to an extent. Films like Jungle Book or Jungle Book, I feel like it's fantastic to make into a live-action remake because I never thought the original Jungle Book was that good in the Disney library. But when you're taking stuff like... Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, and and now they're mentioning that they're going to do Ariel from Little Mermaid. I get concerned because these are some of my favorite Disney films. And Beauty and the Beast is, next to Fantasia, one of my favorite Disney films of all time. And for them to create this, I was, I was unsure if they'll be able to recreate the magic. So, Nathaniel, how do you feel like this film not only recreates the same exact Disney magic as the original, but also makes it, not necessarily improves it, but makes it to a new generation, creates it better for a new generation? Um, well, I think that actually it is improved because um, uh, in Be Our Guest, in the animated one, it's awesome and all the plates flying around, it's really cool. But since this is live action, it looks even better because it's like, wow, how could they do that? That looks really good. And it's just even better. So I think that it is uh, not a 
it well it is an improvement and it's just something that uh i i i just think it's a really good idea for entertainment in modern days because a lot of people are interested in that because it is really impressive and um maria what do you feel besides it being live action and the visuals what does this film contribute story-wise and character-wise that could improve it? Um, well, that can improve it, I will say it'll be the characters. I feel like um, some of the characters did portray exactly just like the just like the original story, but I feel like some did lack a bit more. But overall, give an example. Like, um, okay, Gastron's um partner in crime i feel like i didn't i didn't think that he was exactly just like in the original story i feel like um disney make this character very different and unique from from what is portrayed in the story uh can you elaborate a little more because i'm not quite understanding so are you saying that they just the character was lacking in interest or what do no, you know i'll say lacking just yeah basically an interest and personality i feel like they could have added more uh more characteristics that could have related to the to the original story hmm. interesting i i'm kind of shocked because josh gad who you're referring to who plays the foe he's not interesting enough that's that's I'm, I'm I'm very surprised because he's he's a stage actor and he's done a no, lot. Don't get me wrong, Josh Gad is an amazing actor, and, and and he did play an amazing role in the story. I I feel like he did phenomenal, but I feel like as just the character that he portrays, I feel like I feel like they could have made it a little bit more related to the original story. Understood. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kika Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Kikoroki, a legend of the Golden Dragon. We're going to be continuing talking about Beauty and the Beast with Nathaniel and Maria. Now, um, Nathaniel, what was one of the most, what did you feel like uh, visually, character design, made, because uh, you mentioned that you thought this is a, a big improvement from the original classic. What is a specific example that you thought made this film better than you know um well i already said the br guest but i also loved the castle because it had more and it and it, it was it was real but it just looked amazing and uh i like the actors they um uh, looked a lot like um uh, the ones in the animated film and seemed like the uh, the the good ones for the job so um that was amazing and also uh i liked how they uh animated the beast and all of uh the kind of household objects because that was cool and just so many more things it was astounding now i gotta admit the cast in here is phenomenal you got some of the biggest names in hollywood and each one of them fits the character beautifully Let's talk about the music because this is some of the most classic Disney songs that in history. We be our guests, and of course that opening sequence that everybody hums in their head, but not everybody knows the lyrics too. <laughs> so, um, Maria, what did you think about the music in this film, and how did you feel like it was adapted? 
I really love the music. The music was something that it was my favorite. Um, I feel like each song um, told a story, told um, what the character was feeling. For example, the opening song that it's that is sang by Belle. Um, sh uh, she's talking about how she feels very different from the whole community, and I feel like while while she's singing the song. You can see why you can see why she feels different and why she sends out like for example like like she likes to be educated and not many people in the village like to um get educated so i feel like each song told a story and and really showed the emotions of the characters well movie musicals are becoming more and more of a big thing especially with Holland that's that came out making a gigantic scene in the Hollywood industry, people love musicals and they're great they're greatly portrayed in film. And this is again one of a example of that. Because musicals I, I, I am a huge fan of musicals and it's great to see them being portrayed in films. Now, uh Nathaniel, what would you say is the age for this film and uh how many stars would you give it? Um I I think it is good for seven and up unless they've seen the animated one. Because it actually is quite scary, and you're scared for the main characters. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and uh, uh, what was the other one? I didn't catch it. How many stars? Um, I gave it five out of five because it is so amazing, and it's really creative that they started to um uh, make uh, these uh live action of animated Disney films. So I just, it's awesome. Well, I'm really happy that it, it lives up to the hype of the original and also probably gives some improvements to it as well. Uh, so I love to always ask these questions specifically for these live-action remakes before we go on the break. Maria, is if since they're doing a lot of live-action remakes for these Disney classics, what is one that you want to see be adapted into a live-action remake? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question, please? What Disney film do you want to be seen turn into a live-action remake? Oh, okay. Um, I would love to see Pocahontas, if that's... If really? That's yeah. Why is like, that? I don't know. I find her so interesting with her native background, and it's so fascinating. And um, I really love the whole story of her and her tribe and her family. So her Pocahontas and also maybe Mulan. I know that Mulan is a very uh, popular Disney princess. So it would be awesome to see both of them in the big screen as live action. I'm so up for Mulan. That's my number one as well. I want Mulan to be become a live action movie because I can just imagine that being the most amazing because i feel like mulan as the animated as animated film was good it was a good animated film but i could just see it be taken to a whole different level that's why i love these adaptations i want these adaptations to improve stories that have been already told because i mean my my philosophy is if it's not broke don't fix it and i feel like this uh, mulan could be definitely improved in live action remake so really cool i'm really excited to see what they do next. Anyway, thank you so much, Maria and Candy, for talking about Beauty and the Beast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
you're welcome and thank you to you because it's actually quite interesting to actually see my own opinion on these because I didn't think about it before you asked me, so gives me good ideas and thanks. Okay. Welcome, welcome. Well, you can check out this tale as old as time out in theaters March 17th, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Kiroki Legend of the Golden Dragon. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Beauty and the Beast. We're going to continue the show talking about Before I Fall and the Miami Film Festival. Right now, I'm here with 14-year-old Tristan from Dallas, Texas, talking about the cat in the hat and knows a lot about space. Tristan, thank you much for being on the show. Um, Yeah, thank you. So um, let's get right into it. So um, tell us a little about what this show is, because... Of course, it's the iconic Dr. Seuss character, Cat in the Hat, with his show, and this and this is the special is talking about space. So I'm testing what it is and um, what you thought of it. Okay, so the film starts off in the backyard of the main characters, Nick and Sally, and then the Cat in the Hat comes in with his pal Fish, and they go on an adventure in space. And the film, the DVD, really teaches a lot about space. It's really good for younger audiences. It had a really good plot, and it was entertaining. Oh, so um, tell us a bit like how this film, um, because space, we're learning more and more about space every year, uh, and there's so many things to learn about. What does this uh, film specifically teach towards kids, and how do they do it in, in new and creative ways? Um, they do it in the ways of the characters and how they react with each other. Um Another one of the main characters is Rover, who is a, he's a space dog, and his mission is to go and collect samples of rocks from other planets. And so throughout the movie, Nick, Sally, and Cat in the Hat go to the different planets with Rover, 
And so the movie teaches mainly about the planets and where they're located in the solar system. Um, it teaches a lot of things through rhymes and stuff. The rhymes don't really get annoying, though, which is nice. Well, I, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Seuss. I grew up with the storybooks. I think many of us did. And I can never get tired of those rhymes, except for Fox and Socks. That one was a doozy. That one, I have bad memories of that one as a kid with those tongue twisters. But anyway, enough <laughs> about that. Um, so uh, what is it about the character, especially Cat in the Hat, that makes him so compelling towards children, do you think? I think how quirky Cat in the Hat is and how um, cool his voice is. It's he's voiced by Martin Short, and Martin Short does a great job of like in fluctuating his voice, making it sound different and stuff. Um, no one really talks monotone throughout this film. Um, Nick and Sally have very average voices because they're humans. Um, but yeah, Cat in the Hat, his voice is very nice to listen to um, because of how unique it is. Oh. Martin Short is a very unique actor. I mean, there's so many, there's a lot of actors with iconic voices, and I feel like Martin Short's one of them, because once you hear his very comedic voice, you know exactly who it is. And yeah, he's hilarious. He's, he's hilarious. I love him in many of his films, like The Amigos, Father of the Bride. Hilarious comedian. Great to be um, voicing an iconic role such as this. So um, what would you say is the age range for this movie? Um... I'd say it's two to eight, but it goes a little bit past eight. I mean, I wouldn't personally watch this on my own time, but I still thought it was kind of fun to watch. But yeah, I think ages two to eight would learn a lot from this movie about space and stuff. But yeah. Uh, so uh, how many stars would you give this then? Um, I would give it three or four out of five stars, actually, because I thought the, in the animation was very simple and smooth, but it was really pleasing to look at. Um, and I really like animations like that. Definitely. It looks like the story, the images from the books, Dr. Seuss, iconic Dr. Seuss books, just leap off into the television screen. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, definitely. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tristan, for talking about Cat in the Hat knows a lot about space. Thank you. This movie, this, this movie is, is out on DVD now, so check out where, check out many stores like Amazon selling it and Best Buy and all those stores that show these DVDs. Go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Kikoki, Legend of the Golden Dragon. We're going to continue the show talking about uh, talking about Before I Fall in the Miami Film Festival. Right now, I'm here with Imani, 15 years old, from the Big Apple, New York, talking about My Little Pony, Crystal Empire. Thank you for being on the show, Imani. Thank you for having me. So, um, uh, we've talked about My Little Pony a lot on this show, and... Even those many, and I feel like it's the show is huge. Many people, not even just kids, but I know a lot of my friends in high school who adore this show and the, the lessons they teach. So, why do you feel like My Little Pony, especially nowadays, since it is a very nostalgic kind of um, fan basis, why do you feel like it's it's gigantic as it is for not only kids but high schoolers? Um, well, I've watched My Little Pony since I was younger, too, and I just love them so much. They're so cute and fun, and they always teach a lesson in every episode. Like, every generation that the show, like, has, it just it sends off a vibe for the kids to learn upon and also just relate to, even though they're ponies. And it's just, like, I don't know, more fun than 
and vibrant than a lot of the other shows are showing nowadays. Like these ponies just send off really positive and fun vibes. Oh, definitely. The animation here is incredibly colorful and bright. Speaking of which, uh, since uh, tell us a bit about what you thought of the animation. How do you feel like contributes to the story? I think the animation was really well done. The colors, like you said, are very bright and they're vibrant and the kids can really just watch it like it'll the their eyes will go directly towards it like it can it's very bright and the message is really bright as well so they just tie together as one you know yeah definitely now i think what's also interesting is how children's shows have evolved is that they're dealing with as you mentioned talking about messages they deal with situations that have not that kids shows don't usually tackle, but are incredibly important. Like for instance, I've seen uh, I I'm not the I haven't I don't watch the show a lot, but I have seen some episodes where one of them tackles with anxiety, and I feel like it's a, it's a very important lesson to teach and how you deal with it. So I'm um, telling people like what um, why do you feel like children shows are becoming a bit more I won't say lenient, but a bit more open with these certain subjects to kids and how they tell it in such a creative way. Um, well, I think like these shows are more lenient, I guess, with these um, messages because nowadays kids are experiencing like anxiety and friendship troubles or like, you know, and it's hard to get out of them sometimes and they don't know how to deal with them. So watching these shows, they can have a better understanding of how to deal with them if they don't want to go and talk to certain people about it. They can relate to it in their shows, you know? Definitely. I totally agree. And I'm so glad the children's shows are not talking down to kids. They're being very, they're treating them with respect. They're not necessarily making them more mature, of course, but they're treating them with more respect and making sure that they have a good outlook on life in a positive and creative way. Uh, speaking of which, one of my favorite voice actresses of all time, Tara Strong, who I love and adore, who's done countless of characters, is in this show. Uh, Speaking of which, what did you think about the voice acting in this sh in the show? I think the voice acting in the show is very good. Like, I think the cast was very well thought out and chosen. Like, Tara Strong, she's the perfect person to play Twilight Sparkle. Because, yeah. like, she just, her voice for the pony, it just sounds right. Like, it just relates to the character, and she just plays a really strong role while playing this character definitely well um thank you so much for talking about my little pony crystal empire uh, also how many stars did you get this dvd set um i gave this film a 4.5 out of five stars because of the animation the message the musical like sections in the episodes as well and the overall storyline so yeah you should totally go and see this Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Imani, for talking about this uh, DVD set. Thank you. This uh, My Little Pony Crystal Empire is out on DVD now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Kiroki, Legend of the Golden Dragon.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking about my little pony friendship as magic the crystal empire and we're going to continue the show talking about the miami film festival right now i'm here with tristan back on the show talking about the film before i fall so tristan thank you very much for coming back so, tell us a bit about what this film is, because I've never heard of this film, and uh, I'm interested in what it is about. Um, Before I Fall was actually a really good movie. I wasn't expecting much of it, but it really surprised me. I had a great time watching it. Um, it's about the main character, Samantha Kingston, gets stuff, stuck reliving the same day over and over again, and she's forced to figure out what to do right to escape the day. Um, it was very intense, and I really liked it. Okay. Now, with that said, I feel like everybody who just heard that synopsis of the person reliving the day over and over again went automatically to Edge of Tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. Groundhog Day. <laughs> so, this story's been told, well, this formula, I would say, has been told countless of times. How does this film execute it uniquely? Well, okay, so it was a really good twist on the Groundhog Day cliche, um, as I called it, because, I mean, it it focuses more, the main plot of the movie pretty much is about bullying, mm-hmm. and it focuses more on the impacts on people's lives of bullying, and the thing with Samantha Kingston is her and her friends could be bullies sometimes, and they have to figure out, or she has to figure out what to do right and how to make herself better and to fix the lives of the people around her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a really nice twist. It had really good visuals and stuff. Um, I mean, that's all I can say. Well, I have to say, for you telling me that, it's I'm a little bit more interested now because this is a, 
I feel like a lot of us would like to really relive the same day at some points to do things differently. And this is from I, I I'm I read this is based off a young adult novel, so I'm guessing that it does tackle those issues of well social life as a young adult or as a teen as a teenager. So that's I feel like it's very important and very relatable. Uh, so what did you what did you personally? Uh, take from the film and what do you think that other people could take from this film um i left i i left the movie theater thinking a lot about my life and like you said how i could relive a day and do things differently it it the film really makes you think about a, a lot of regrets that you've had and how you could have made it better but also how to move forward um and not you know dwell on the past as much um I really want people to take away it from this film is the the aspects of bullying and how how negative it can affect someone and you'll see in this film how negative it can affect people like it was it was really intense um in fact in the theater they had someone come up and have a little speech about bullying before um I mean yeah that's really what I want people to take away from it Certainly, and I feel like that's also a good thing that a lot of people know is that some of the biggest bullies in our life are the people closest to us because they don't want us to succeed. And we, we don't – I feel like a lot of people can relate that we don't really notice that because we they're supposed to be our friends. I'm like, oh, they're just joking or they're just they're friends. We're just teasing. But it can, it can lead to something a bit more scarring. And reliving the day over and over again can probably reveal that, as I assume. So, uh, what about the actors in this uh, film? Because I hear that our, our main actress, Zoe um, Tooch, if I'm pronouncing that right, um, puts on a, a, a magnificent performance in this film. Um, yes, she really does. I f- uh, yeah, Zoe Dutch or Zoe... D- I, I actually don't know how to pronounce her last name. But she does- you're listening in on this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but she does a great job of performing as Samantha Kingston. She really goes through all of the stages of um, of like accept it, acceptance of your death. Like she goes through denial and that kind of stuff. She she really brings the whole intensity of this situation and how dramatic it is, and it, she really brings you into the film a lot. Um, my two favorite characters, actually, were, um, uh, I mean, Samantha Kingston's childhood friend, Kent, um, played by Logan Miller. He did a great job in this film. He's been in a lot of other stuff. Um, he really brought a lot of hope to the audience throughout the film, and he was someone I think you would see in real life, honestly. Hmm. And Samantha's younger sister, Izzy, played by Erica Tremblay, I also really, really liked her. Um, She was really nice throughout the movie and actually gave Samantha a lot of hope. And she was one of the reasons that Samantha decided to do certain things in the film. And she had a huge impact throughout the plot. Absolutely fascinating. Um, It's very intriguing, I must admit. I went into this thinking like, oh, I've heard the story before. But it's nice to know that there was some interesting parts in there that, you know, don't judge a film by its trailer. Or don't judge a book by its cover. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Kiroki, the 
Legend of the Golden Dra the Legend of the Golden Dragon. We can continue our conversation with Tristan about Before I Fall. Now, Tristan, this film was released at the Sundance Film Festival, so it is we can say a a uh, a film that was that it was, and it was opened in theaters just recently on March third. So um, we're going to talk more about film festivals. Uh, well, film festivals in the Miami Film Festival, but I feel like this is a great example of the importance of these festivals because they gain new light to different films that don't get a lot of recognition. And do you feel like this film can... Um, uh, what would you say to audiences who are unaware of this film that would make them go see it and be, well, be more interested into it? Because, again, this is a film that has not gotten a lot of advertisements as the big budgets are. Um, yeah, I think it's really great. It's going into some of these film festivals. Something I would say to kind of encourage you to go watch it, because I really, really think you should, um, is it's not it's not a really kiddie, you know, spinoff of Groundhog Day. It's not the same story you've heard over and over again. It has good messages. It has good actors. And... All of that stuff together makes a really great movie. Um, it wasn't perfect by any means. Like, no movie is perfect. But it was really entertaining and really made you think about your life. And that's what I think you should see in a movie. I would totally agree with you. There needs to be a right balance of both entertainment and thought, and leaving your audience thinking about thinking and with profound thoughts. Because filmmaking is not necessarily sometimes some filmmakers have an agenda with them with their films, but also uh, films are so to expose the truth, and we leave the audience with what they with their minds and thoughts and their own opinions about what that truth is. Now, uh, what would you say is your favorite part in this film? Um, my favorite part was the character Izzy. Um, and I also really like the visual visuals in this movie. Both of those things were really good. I don't really have a favorite scene, okay, but I really liked both of those aspects of the film. Uh, talk, tell us a little bit about the visuals. What made them specifically unique to you? Um, it's set the film before I fall is set in the Pacific Northwest, so there's a whole bunch of really tall trees and stuff, and heavy landscapes. And there's a lot of rain and fog and stuff, which really sets the kind of tone for the film, which is, it, it really brings you into it and makes it makes the film feel realistic. Did you say the Pacific Northwest? Yes. Oh, my word. That's where I'm from, Oregon, Washington. Yes. <laughs> now, that's what, now I'm talking. All right, cool. Now we got a film which it's homebred. That's my kind of place. All right, sounds like I'm going to go see this film. I'm playing on the cold. Perfect. Anyway, uh, that was a weird side note. So uh, what <laughs> is the age range and how many stars would you give it? I'd say the age range is 14 to 18 because it, it it's definitely appropriate for it to have a PG-13 rating because uh, it deals with intense subject matter, drinking, bullying, and other stuff like that. Um, I think age is... 14 to 18 would really enjoy this, but also young adults and older adults would really enjoy this film. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for talking about this film. 
I definitely, I actually want to go check it out now. It's great to. That's what I love about the show. It exposes me to some films that I may have left under the radar, which is perfect. Well, thank you so much, Tristan, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Let's take a break. And this show is sponsored by Kiroki, The Legend of the Golden Dragon. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. And we're back to the program. Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesling. We just got done talking about Before I Fall with Tristan. Right now, we're going to end the show with the wonderful Alejandra from Miami, Florida, talking about the Miami Film Festival. Thanks, Alejandra, for talking about this. Thank, thank you. Now, this, you... We're talking to you because it's still going on as we're talking to you right now uh, yes. with the Miami Film Festival. And you've been up for one day. So, first of all, is this your first film festival? Yes, it is. It is my first film festival, and I'm very excited. I was very excited when I got the news that I was going. So, yes, it's my first time. Now, uh, I've attended not many, and that's a shame for me because I want to attend as many film festivals as possible because it's a very especially for filmmakers and film lovers all around, warm environment, in my opinion, because you got all these up-and-coming filmmakers, and sometimes you see special screenings of feature films and all this type of stuff, and some of the best films come from these from these festivals. And what did you... Uh, so tell us a bit about your first experience and um, how you're liking it so far. Well, my first experience, I mean, I'm going for three days, and the first time I went was last Saturday, March 4th. And I want to watch a Spanish film, which I love. I'm in love with Spanish films. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Zip and Zap and The Captain's Island. It was the first film I, I saw in the festival. And it was very great. And as you said, I feel that the films that are, that are in the film festivals can go far. Like you said, most of them go, do go far. So it was a great experience. Certainly. I, I remember my first 
film festival was the AFI Film Festival in Hollywood, and it it's it's such a cornucopia of films. There's so many films and sold at a time. Yes. You see, so many to choose from. Yes, definitely. So. We're going to try to create a little guide for people who have never been to a film festival. Uh, what would you say is what would you say is some of the tips and tricks you would say when going to a film festival? Well, I don't think there's any tricks or secrets. I feel that if you do want to go, if you're a film lover or if you want to be a film director, if you're interested, you should definitely go because you encounter many things. You can maybe um, meet with future filmmakers or people that are very interested in it. So I think it's a very great experience for people that love film. Definitely. That's also good because a lot, what's also unique about film festivals is that a lot of the times, once the film is done screening, the director, producer, or one, even some of the actors come down and have a Q&A session. Yes, I, the festival, exactly. So you may encounter or meet people that are behind the film that's showing. So it's a very great experience for me. Um, yes. Did that happen to you with the films that you get to saw? Get to see, I mean. Not yet. Maybe um, for that movie there was no one, but maybe for the other, for the other one that I'm planning to watch, maybe I have a look and I encounter the director or someone of the cast. But not yet. Hopefully. Uh, definitely. I, I. It's really great when they get to do that because you get to get to more of an in-depth look at what it means to make these films. Because some of these films are in a lot of these films are independent. These there are some of them are from diff, uh, different. Films of languages yes. from Denmark, from Mexico, from all over the world come to see these places. And yes. these are filmmakers that don't have a lot of backing. And for them to create these films, sometimes out of their own pocket, is inspiring yeah. to see. So, yes, uh, it's a great experience for directors or directors or cast members that are starting. So, yeah, it's really good. Now, now uh, tell us some of the films that you saw and what what do you feel like because we can't, we, I, sadly, we can't talk about each film individually. But yes. what makes these films different than mainstream movies that you see nowadays? Well, I feel that the movies or the films that are in the film festivals, I think they're a bit different because they, I mean, if they're in the film festival, they try to make them stand out. So they try to make unique plots or unique things to the movies. So they can stand out in the film festivals because in the film festivals, there's there's hundreds of films. So I feel that each director or each cast tries to make their movies stand out. So I think it's very different from that. Definitely. And I feel there's some friendly competition as well because you got hundreds of films. Totally, yes. At these festivals. And of course, you want as many people to see your film as possible. And of course, it's also as the film, as the festival progresses, it's word of mouth. Yes. Like the, most of the films I saw, like towards the end, were just like, "Hey, did you hear about uh, the most most wanted? You gotta go check that that documentary out. It's definitely worth a see." And then more people yes, go. I'm on a, a great reputation because, like you said, word word goes around. So. They try to make a good impression, so people start talking about it, and they're more encouraged to go see it. Definitely, I, I remember when I went to see AFI. It was the uh, a most violent year, and that was the that was the main contender at that festival, and that got nominated for uh, got nominated for a couple of awards. So yeah, they're definitely very important. You're listening yes. to Kids What's Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Before I Fall with Tristan. We're going to continue the show with Alejandra, continue talking about the Miami Film Festival. Now, uh, Alejandra, 
explain the environment at these festivals for people who have not been there. Well, it really depends because in the in the film festivals, there's different things you can do. You can go to watch films, or in my case, you can go to see masterclasses. So as far as I've gone, I've only seen a film, but tomorrow I have a masterclass. So it really depends on what you're doing. When you go see a film, it's something, I mean, it's not like a public place that you like go see the film. It's in a theater, you know, like the Miami Festival has like different locations, different theaters. And it, it really depends on what you're doing. If you're going to see a masterclass, then maybe you're going to see more people, I mean, in the class. But if you're going to see a movie, then maybe there's not, there's not a lot. It really depends on what you're doing because there's different things you can do. Uh, what makes the Miami Film Festival unique from other um, festivals? Um, I think what makes it different is that there's not only American movies, there's movies from all over the world that come, that prepare their films to come to this festival. Since Miami is such a great landmark and such a popular city, I think that more, there's more variety of movies since there's, since there's movies that not, that they're not only from America, but from other countries. So I think that's how it turns out. Definitely. Also, I, I find it interesting because when I was researching this, uh, the Miami Film Festival has all a list of all the programs and special events. And literally, one, it's, you can do by, by genres. You can search by genres, by what language and what venue. Yes. But also, I love the question saying, like, what mood are you in for? And then it gives you, like, a whole thing, like, are you in the mood for documentary? Yes. Are you in the mood for edgy romance? I love that. Because there's, a, there's yeah. a variety. There's many things you can see. I mean, what you feel like doing. If you if you're feeling like you want to see a romance movie, you can go watch it. There's a, there's much variation. Definitely, and I feel like that's also what I feel like the most exciting, but also the most tiring part of a film festival is that there's only so many films you can see at one time. I can yeah. only stomach probably I'm four films. And usually these films are like four hour, uh, like, no, sorry, two and a half hour, maybe an hour and a half yeah. film. I can only stomach like four films a day, and that's pushing it and maybe squeezing the masterclass because you want to do so much. But like movies are tiring, especially with the different genres and types there are. Sometimes you're watching an uplifting film, sometimes you're watching a depressing film. It just takes a lot out of you. Uh, did you feel that experience while in the film festival? Yes, totally. It really depends on because you have the power to choose what you want to do in the festival. So it really depends on how you're feeling. If you want to laugh in a comedy film, then you're going to want to see comedy films. Or if you're in the mood for a class, you want to learn, then you're going to go for that. So yeah, there's a lot of variation. Now, and that's why I think it's hard when people say like, what's your favorite film or what, um, what's your favorite film? It's very hard because there's a lot of, I mean, it really depends on who you are, you know? Like if you like, Comedy films and your film is gonna be a comedy film, but I don't know. It really depends on who you are. Well, also depends just your mood. Like, hey, what you feeling? Cool? Yes. If I'm in a mood for a western, I'll probably pick uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. If I'm in a mood for a comedy, I'm gonna pick Juno. Like, it's just those yes. kind of things. I think what that's what's great about film festivals is that what are you in the mood for? I think I'm in the mood for a documentary. Let's go and check it out. And you have the freedom to do that. That's very, that's yeah. great because you you have the freedom to choose what you want to see, and you come out happy because you just did what you wanted to do. And one last thing is that what's very freeing, but also can be concerning, especially for kids going in to see festivals, is that usually festivals they're not bounded by a lot of the rating systems. You can get away with a lot more things that mainstream films 
you can't get away with. And yeah. that's also freeing as an artist, but also can be scary for some kids who want to go see film festivals and want to be exposed to more to, to more films. So what would you say, give advice to parents taking kids to festivals for them to prep to see these well, films? My thing is to always, I mean, always the festivals have like a site you can, um, you can like um research about the film you're planning to see, and there's like a little synopsis. So I feel that you have to plan out first which ones you want to see and which ones are appropriate for you or which ones you want to see. So it really depends. I mean, if you want to go and you have children, then you should look at the site and check the synopsis for it to be appropriate. So I mean, and there's a lot of variation. There's movies. For children, there's movies for adults, there's movies for everyone. So you have to pick. But there's, I mean, there's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen that there's not a movie for a kid. It's not going to happen because there's always a variation of movies. So you have to check before. But that's pretty much it. You can, you can say that. Definitely. And even, even asking people around, because I feel like the film industry, I think, I think the entertainment industry in general is very warm and accepting. So if you just like go around like, hey, did you see this film? Yeah, we want to go see it. Do you feel like it's appropriate for kids? They'll usually they'll, they'll usually be like, yeah, no, I like this film, but maybe not the best for kids or maybe the perfect for kids. So it's a great community. And that's why I yeah. love film festivals. And I hope that you enjoy your rest of the time. As the- <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, Alejandro, for talking about your experience at the Miami Film Festival. And okay. have- if you want to go check out many other film festivals in Miami, they're all across America, even in your hometown. There's places in New York, places in L.A., places in even Boulder has their own film festival. Please go check them out because the big films have a lot of advertisement and get a lot of praise. But it's usually the smaller films and the short films and the independent films that some of the hidden gems, the diamond in the rough, as we say. So please go check it out and support your filmmaking community. With that said, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out our recent video reviews and red carpet events and press junkets, please check out our website, kidsfirst.org. Also check out us on YouTube of the same name, Kids First on YouTube. We have different videos, reviews, and also listen to our weekly radio show. Also check out our blogs. We really hope that you support our different writings of film and discussions. Thank you again for listening. This show is sponsored by Kiroki, the legend of the Golden Dragon. I'm Keeper Blakesley, signing off. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.